Hey, hey, what up? It's Podcast Rebellion. We are back at it again here in the Davis McCord State Farm Studio. I'm your host, Zach Berry. Joining me is one man to beat. We have defied the odds. We have trudged through the uh, proverbial snow. Uh, we have made our way to our studio igloo, and we are here to talk Ole Miss Rebel basketball as we uh, embark here on the home stretch. Uh, Wednesday's game was postponed, but uh, Mississippi State is scheduled for Saturday. And then next week, you've got at Missouri, at Vanderbilt, and then closing with Kentucky, trying to find a way to uh, get on that bubble or uh, get past it into that first four in. How are we doing? I'm doing great. I am um, enjoying a, a hard seltzer. Oh, nice! Currently, um, trying a new one uh, called Ranch okay. Water from Lone River Brewing. I think it's tied in with a beta. Okay. It's pretty eighty calories. Okay, pretty That'll tasty. Work. Yeah. Um, um kind of spicy. Okay. What flavor is it? Mm, lime juice and jalapeno. Ooh, okay. So it's so it's it's different. It's new. Um, three carbs, kind of. You know, a little bit more than um, some of the other ones out there, but yeah, tasty. Okay. The missus picked it up to try it out. Um, I'm not getting out in this crazy weather to get to get. Uh, some crispy boys. So I'm just having to drink ranch water. But yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Typically, we uh, we operate under the mantra that uh, we have adopted from uh, our friends at No Laying Up, no free ads. Um, but uh, but yeah, shout out to Ranch Water for getting you through the day. Um, I was lucky enough to pick up six bottles of wine uh, before everything hit. Had that uh, shipped to us. So uh, we've hunkered down and. Uh, you know, we stayed activated to say the least. Um, and I know you went with some big body oh, cabs, yeah. you know, I'm assuming California cabs. Yeah, 1819. Uh, the grapes were apparently very, uh, very good then. Uh, took advantage of that. And, uh, but yeah, I, I snuck a little Pinot Noir in there as well. Um, but yeah, I love a good, love a good red. It's been a minute since I've had a white. Um, but enough about uh, libations. Uh, you talked about a little little lime, little jalapeno, uh, so a little tart, and then a little bite. Uh, that's kind of what the remaining schedule looks like for Ole Miss. Uh, you've got um, a game this weekend that is scheduled. I don't know if it's going to happen uh, against Mississippi State in Oxford. Um, you know, a little, little tart, um, but but nothing too daunting there. As Mississippi State has kind of hit a little bit of a slide, uh, but but then you get the uh, you get a little bit of the. Uh, Get a little bit of that bite at Missouri. Um, Ole Miss knocked them off already, uh, but it's going to be tough beating two teams, um, or excuse me, one team twice within a couple weeks. Uh, you know they're going to have some revenge on their mind, and then uh, sandwiched uh, in between the uh, season finale against Kentucky, who seems to be finding themselves a little bit, is at Vanderbilt, who uh, just lost to the Cats. I don't know if you saw uh, Jerry Stackhouse's. Uh, handshake with uh, Calipari after that one, but that was, uh, it was, uh, 
it was not a handshake. Um, he just kind of threw his hand at Calipari, like, nah, man, get out of here. Um, they didn't even meet and do the pound or, you know, a socially distanced uh, handshake. But with that, um, I wanted to bring you on because uh, I know that you're you're our, our resident basketball fanatic. Um, look, I'll say this. I'll, I will eat all the crow. I might need some of that ranch water or maybe a, a full body red to, to – to help um, wash it down, but the crow, uh, I've had some some healthy uh, portions of it. Um, yep. Look, I was skeptical. I think a lot yep. of people were. The team was kind of reeling. You were. Um, and look, I had somebody bring this up, and I wanted to ask you this first off. Somebody brought it up and said, you know, do you think that Kermit kind of challenging this team to the, you know, talking to the team through the media? may have had something to do with this uh, four-game win streak? Or do you, uh, you know, I think it might be a little bit of both. I think it was a little bit of that. It was a little bit of a team that had some newcomers. They didn't really have a, you know, a normal, you know, preseason non-conference slate to kind of get into a groove. Um, but look, they've shaken up the lineup and they found themselves in this four-game stretch of of uh, four wins in a row against two ranked opponents. But I mean, what, what do you think has been the biggest difference in kind of this resurgence of this team well i think you have more people pitching in uh you have more players pitching in when um when they're hitting the court i mean you really have seen jarkel joiner have a few uh games where he's he's played lights out um at least from a scoring standpoint um you know romello white uh, had a huge, huge game, a uh, huge double-double, um, you know, going for, I think, 30 and 10 in one game. Um, and then, you know, K.J. Buffin has been a guy that has just disappeared at times. And, and um, you know, Kermit called him out for it. And I think that he, you know, people were saying, well, that's going to be, you know, that's going to break up the locker room. That's really going to mess things up for the team or whatever else. But it seemed to be the right thing to do um, because, as he took a step back, Robert Allen kind of stepped into that, you know, void that KJ left, and seems like he's he's been fairly solid as a you know a transfer from Samford. You wouldn't have very high expectations, but he's been pretty solid um, in in the in the limited minutes that he's had. Um, you know, so you do have some other players stepping up now, so that when uh, Devontae's got the ball, he he knows it doesn't have to be all him. He doesn't have to be Brian Tyree. It's not built that way. It's not going to work that way. He's not the player that Brian was, um, and uh, he's not going to be that guy that just can go out there and get 27, 28 points uh, when we need him to. He, he can possibly, you know, do that from time to time, but it's not something that you can reliably do. Um, and I don't think our offense is built for yeah. him to do that. It's been it's been a healthy mix, like you said, of of a supporting cast that has kind of burst onto the scene. Early on in the year, it was it was just a lot of Devonte Schuler, and then you know, kind of get what you can from everybody else. Um, but look, I mean, the, the, this this lineup shakeup, this this new attitude, this new vibe that the locker room has they're having more fun uh you, like you said guys are stepping up robert allen's played a ton uh, of really productive minutes uh kj buffin has really stepped up the last couple games and and, and played really well but then look romilla white is is kind of become what they expected him to be coming from arizona state um i think he still leads the conference in in field goal percentage if not he's definitely in the top five 
um, make it right at 66 and a half um, uh, percentage wise. But look, I mean, he's not going to be your typical, you know, double, double big man. that's going to, you know, 20 and 10, 20 and 15. He, he does it in different ways, but running the offense through a guy down low is something that you don't see very often in college basketball these days. Uh, the game has changed dramatically, but they've been able to mesh it really well with running the offense through Schuler. Uh, you mentioned Jarkel Joyner. He's been tremendous lately. Um, really good in the mid-range. But then, look, I mean, this team, I told you this when I was skeptical, when I was kind of worried about what what Kermit was going to, how they were going to finish this year and then how that was going to lead into next year. Um, my, my concern was, you, you know, I, I don't really know if they can – if they can play the way everybody's playing right now, where it's just a lot, you know, up tempo, getting up and down the floor. But look, this team plays incredibly hard. Um, I, I don't think they've ever quit in a single game this year. Um, they, they've had some lopsided losses uh, earlier in the year. They got whipped by LSU, um, lost uh, that three in a row stretch right there, lost a really tough one on the road in Gainesville that they should have won, and then gave one away against Georgia. But Look, this team plays incredibly hard, and it it, it kind of translates to their ability to out rebound people, you know, game in and game out, and that's huge because they're getting second and third chance points, where they're getting, you know, cleaning up the trash. Where whether it's Romello, whether it's Robert Allen, KJ Buffin, um, I mean, Sammy Hunter has stepped up. I mean, they're they're just getting those garbage points that you need, especially when you're, you know, winning two games at home against uh, two top fifteen teams. Um, beat a really good Tennessee team, and then beat Missouri by 21 points, which was <laughs> probably the most impressive game of the year. But you win a, a, a hell of a game on the Plains in overtime against Auburn, and then you win just a tough, gritty game in Columbia against South Carolina. And I think that this team, when they can get production from both Schuler and Joyner, and then Romello is doing what he does, the way this team defends, the, <laughs> look, if they get matched up with a team – uh, I guess uh, the right matchup, whether that's in the SEC tournament, if it happens, or in March, yeah. they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, and right now you do have, you know, Andy Katz put out his, uh, you know, March Madness projection, you know, less than a month until Selection Sunday, and he put Ole Miss as one of the last four teams in um, as a 12 seed that would be uh, matched up with a Wisconsin as a five seed, which to me is like. That's perfect, in my opinion. Um, having like a Big Ten, you know, a Big Ten style school like that, that's probably going to slow it down um, and play a little more low tempo. I mean, Ole Miss, I think, is like 300th uh, nationally in terms of tempo. Um, so it's really crucial. What's really, really crucial when you when you want to play that way. It's fine if you want to play that way. You know, the University of Virginia plays very slow defensive basketball. Um, you can win that way. You have to have. Uh, you know, really good fundamentals. You have to have really good um, bigs. That it's very important, and you have to have a, a point guard who doesn't turn the ball over much. But if you're going to slow it down and you're going to you're going to play that that way, then you cannot get behind. Um, if, if you get behind by ten or fifteen points in the first half, like the game's pretty much over at that point. It's going to be very difficult to claw back into the games. Um, and and you've kind of seen that from you know this Ole Miss team that they're. Once they're down, they're kind of out. Um, I think that's fair to say about this team. They haven't had, you know, those remarkable comebacks that we, you know, kind of saw from Andy Kennedy's teams. So it's, it takes some getting used to. Um, but 
I felt like, you know, when they played South Carolina on the road and they were able to get out to a good start and then South Carolina made their little run and then Ole Miss would make a little run, you, you felt like they were in more control of the game um, as, it, as it sort of went along. Um, so they've really been able to – They've really been able to pull pull something together here and do really well, um, and put themselves in a position to get on the bubble. It's unfortunate that the game on Wednesday didn't happen, and look, it it shouldn't have. The weather is a disaster right now. It would have been tough to to ask LSU to to make the drive up, but it, it's unfortunate because I was kind of wanting to see how this team at this point in the season was going to match up with with this LSU team that's really athletic. They're really long. Um, they stretch the floor. Um, sure. But man, it, it's look, it, it's a completely different brand of basketball. Like you said, you know, it's kind of like Jekyll and Hyde with the football team. That's so up tempo and, and they move and up and down the field, you know, just with ease and they just score so fast. And this basketball team is so methodical and they just grind you into a pulp. Um, it's been fun to watch this team. Um, even with the losses, with how well they defend, um, and I was kind of wanting to see, you know, I mentioned getting blown out um, earlier in the year by uh, by LSU, but, you know, Alabama did the same thing. Just a really talented team. They're probably going to win the regular season title, but just long athletic. They run up and down the floor. But like you said, if they can keep the game close and, and even if they're not scoring well, if they can keep it close with their defense, they have a shot. Um Schuler starting to shoot the ball much better. We already talked about Joiner. You got a guy like Matthew Morell, the heralded freshman, that's starting to kind of get comfortable. You can see him feel better and shoot with a little more confidence. And then look, I mean, you you've got this team coming off the bench. Um, Robert Allen, Demencio Vaughn's done some nice things. Uh, Sammy Hunter. I mean, if you get some rhythm offensively. Shooting, you know, shooting in rhythm with Schuler and Joiner, and then Romello White doing what he does down low, cleaning up the trash and and getting those second chance, third chance buckets. And and look, I mean, this team, it, it, it's a completely different style, but they they kind of thrive in that that mode of you know really gritty defensive basketball, where you know if another team is is not on their A game offensively. Um, you know, as we saw with Missouri, they can, this team can score in the eighties if, if, if on the right night. So, um, that's why I think this matchup on Saturday against Mississippi state is so big because it's another chance to, to prove your worth. I, I don't know what, you know, I, what's Mississippi state quad two, quad three. I mean, I, I'll ask you that. Yeah. With it being, with it being a home game, it's going to, you know, it's going to shift to a quad two. Um, and that's, you know, that's the thing is that, um, with the remaining games, you really don't have a lot of opportunities to, to boost your net rating at this point. They're sitting around the mid fifties. I think they're, they have to be in the mid forties or possibly low forties. Um, you know, somewhere in that 40 to 45 range to, to really have a, a legitimate, you know, argument uh, that they should for sure be in and be like a, you know, be a 10 or 11 seed possibly. Um, you know, otherwise you're kind of leaving it in the committee's hands um, to, you know, decide, okay, yeah, we're going to take this team or not. But I think if they win three of the last four and you drop a road game, you know, at Missouri, 
um, you're going to you're going to improve and you're going to get in the 40s for sure. And then you have the SEC basketball tournament to potentially, um, you know, to make some hay there. Uh, what's more important than anything is that going three and one at this point would put Ole Miss at 10 and seven uh, in the SEC and maybe may get them to a point where um, they're that fifth seed that gets a bye in the SEC basketball tournament because those buys are going to be really important. Yeah, and I was going to say it, it certainly helps to improve the net ranking, but I also think the committee factors in. You just kind of have to to do what you can when the games are in front of you. You obviously can't change your schedule. I don't know if they're going to make up the LSU game. I don't know if they're going to make up the other South Carolina game. But at this point, like you said, you you, you win those three, you go ten and seven in the conference, and uh, I guess that would put them at. 15 and nine overall heading into uh, the tournament in Nashville. So I, I think, I think you're in a really yeah, good place. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that puts them in a comfortable spot where they can feel good about where they are. Um, I mean, look, it, it hurts that, you know, I mentioned the game that got away in Gainesville, the Georgia loss. Um, I think the one that's really hurting them earlier in the year, losing to Dayton on the road. Now Dayton's not, a they're they're not a you know a big name you know quad one team but they're still would have been a nice road win to have and uh they unfortunately let that one slip away but again i just think if you just win the games that are in front of you that's kind of all you can do and i think the committee factors that in um but yeah i mean I, i think you're right i think if they can if they can go three and one down the stretch uh and i think look beating kentucky uh, it's not the same old Kentucky that everyone's used to, but um, you know, you kind of look at you know where they sit in the net. I mean, they're at seventy six, so it's not awful. They're not a bad team. Like that's the main thing. Like yes, their their record is terrible, but they are not a bad team, and they've hung with teams, and they've hung with really good teams, um, and so they are not going to go away easily. And you know if there's a, a school out there that thinks that they deserve a chance to be in the NCAA tournament, it's going to be like the Kentuckys and Dukes of the world that are kind of having down years and the committee's going to look favorably on them. That, like that's just sort of how the politics of college basketball is sometimes. Like sometimes those schools get, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, they get, they get a boost and they get, um, they get in the tournament when it's coming down to, oh, are we going to let Kentucky or Ole Miss in the NCAA tournament? They're going to put Kentucky in. That's just how it yeah. how it is. So you've got to win those games. It would. It's also really important your your margin of victory gets factored in, and if you go into overtime, that's factored in. So basically, if you if you go into overtime, it's you know basically going to be like a plus one or a minus one at that point. No matter what the outcome of the game is, it's it's only seen as either you won by one point or you lost by one point. If it's if it's an overtime game, um, compare that to your regular season or your uh, games that finish in regulation. It's either plus ten or minus ten. Um, so once you are winning by ten points, you can win by thirty or forty. It doesn't really matter. It's only going to count as a ten point win. So some of those things like margin of victory and all these little. Uh, you know, small things that kind of go into that algorithm, you know, you can, you can watch that. You can see how games are being played and that sort of thing. Um, you know, see how other SEC games are playing out. Uh, it's going to, it's going to matter. You know, it's going to matter where Ole Miss finishes in the regular season. 10 and seven would be pretty fantastic considering they were sitting at three and six mm-hmm. at one point. So if you finish at 10 and seven, you won seven of your last eight. 
And that's another thing that really impresses the committee, in my opinion, is when you're really hot to finish the season. Um, they, they seem to look really favorably upon stuff like that. Because it doesn't matter who those seven teams were that you beat. You beat seven teams in your conference that sometimes you have to play twice. Uh, you have to play them at home, on the road, all that kind of stuff. So um, that's really, I think, the key to it. I would love to play LSU. Um, you know, this afternoon, I think it would have been a really, really um, competitive game at home, um, you know, com- compared to earlier in the season. Like, I think Kadeem C's come along. And, you know, I think that's the big thing with college basketball a lot of times is that, you know, you want these guys to come in and just plug in and just and just do a phenomenal job right from the get-go. But sometimes it's just not possible. Um, sometimes it takes them a month or two to sort of, you know, find their place, find their role, Um you know, that chemistry and all those things kind of work themselves out. Typically, Ole Miss would have had a lot more time to do that during a normal season. Um, you know, the season was obviously delayed for uh, about a month. Um, so they lost some of that. <laughs> they lost some of those games. Um, you know, in a normal season, you'd be playing exhibition games in early November, playing games all the way through November. And your record, you know, you're probably looking at six or seven more wins against, you know, teams that aren't, you know, real great competition. But imagine if you had, you know, Ole Miss's record right now is 12 and 8. If you had seven wins on top of that and you're sitting at, oh, well, we're, our team's 19 and 8 and we've got four games left, like we would feel, we'd feel like we're in a really, really good position. So that's kind of how I look at it. Um, I think the committee's going to look at things like that as well. Like how many games were canceled? You know, where would you normally be? Um, that kind of thing. Hey, this is a potentially a 20 win Ole Miss team that's going to have a, uh, an above 500 record and a decent SEC. Um, I think I think they've got a really good chance at it, but they do. I think they have to win three out of the last four um, to to solidify that position. Otherwise, they're going to have to do some work in the SEC basketball tournament. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take our break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about the remaining games. Kind of give a quick little preview on what we expect from from each one. Uh, before I do that, uh, do want to remind you of our new title sponsor. Um, where can you get good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates at state farm? Because state farm agent Davis McCord is your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around state farm agent Davis McCord is ready to help call 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, quick word from the rest of our sponsors when we come back more with One Man to Beat about Rebel Hoops. Hang tight. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion. To remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. 
Celebrate with the best protein for your Ole Miss grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic, and as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here on Podcast Rebellion, one man to beat joining us here in studio. All right, one man. So I don't know. They haven't said anything. Um, I think, I don't know about the weather down there. I think things are supposed to be somewhat heating up a little bit. I think uh, they're starting to uh, do their best clearing off roads. Yeah. Um, and look, Mississippi State can make the drive from Starkville to Oxford. Um, it, 
I haven't seen the interstates in Mississippi, but I would imagine that they're getting somewhat better. Um, so as we record this podcast Thursday uh, evening, let's go ahead and assume that the game is happening. Uh, real quick, I mean, as we run through these final four games, what do you expect from the Bulldogs? Uh, they're sitting at 11 and 11 right now, five and eight in conference. I think this is a humongous opportunity to uh, beat them once again. You know, like you said, another kind of, you know, check on the schedule of, of beating a conference opponent. What do you expect on Saturday? Well, I mean, I think the expectations are going to be very high for this game because of how, how well Ole Miss uh, defended against Mississippi State in their, last, in, their, in their first game, 64-46. I mean, just honestly, that's a blowout um, win in Starkville, in the hump. Um, you know, yeah, there's, there's limited fans and all that kind of thing, but that is just an absolute blowout to take on your home uh, court against your in-state rival. Um, you know, so obviously uh, State has not had a great year. They're not trending in the right direction. They've lost six of their last eight um, right now um, with the two wins coming over Iowa State, who is kind of a dumpster fire this year, and South Carolina, who's been pretty inconsistent um, on the court this year as well. So they're, they're really not playing good basketball right now. They lost to Vanderbilt by 21 points, also in Starkville. Um, they lost to LSU by 14 in Starkville, you know, just really not, not playing that well. And then on the road, they've done okay. I mean, they played a tight game against Tennessee on the road um, and played Alabama, like, fairly tough on the road as well. Um, but I think the losses are just really starting to pile up and probably, probably affecting that team a little bit. Um, so I think you've, you've got your last opportunity if you're Devontae Shuler as a senior to go out, you know, hey, let's have a 2-0 and year against Mississippi State. Uh, last time I'm playing them in Oxford, and you're going to start seeing, you know, a motivated Devontae Shuler hopefully in this game. Jarkel Joyner is for sure going to be motivated because he's a guy that's born and, born and raised in the state of Mississippi. He knows uh, how much this rivalry means to people. Um, I think he'll want to, uh, you know, he'll want to rise up in that game as well. You have to think of it in a way that, like, um, you know, Jarkel Joyner, even though he was an Oxford kid or whatever, um, you know, he left the state. He went to Cal State Bakersfield and, you know, didn't I – I, as far as I know, never received an offer from Mississippi State, um, you know, when he was in high school, even though he was a really great, you know, high school basketball player within the state of Mississippi. And that has to irk, it has to irk him at least a little bit, you would think. Um, so I think he'll show up motivated. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if Ole Miss can keep the, keep the tempo where they want it, um, you know, they're going to be able to uh, – you know, grind away a win from the, you know, the grinders themselves, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Um, you know, if it, honestly, this game is extremely important. Ole Miss cannot afford to lose it. You can't afford to lose at home to Mississippi State and go to the, and go to the NCAA tournament. But also, I think it would also just really deteriorate fan confidence in, you know, Kermit Davis. I think he's got a good bit of momentum now um, with some fans, and this would absolutely, you know, just destroy that. Yeah, it's a it's a huge opportunity. I think it's uh, it's a game that Ole Miss should win and a game that they can win. Uh, all right, heading on the road next week at number twenty, Missouri. Uh, we mentioned the twenty one point win earlier in the show. Uh, y- you know, Missouri's going to be hungry for some revenge after I mean, just getting absolutely shellacked. Yeah, the Pavilion. Um, I mean that <laughs> that was probably the most fun. Uh, that I've had watching Ole Miss basketball in some time. Uh, it was just a night where just nothing could go wrong. 
Uh, this Missouri team, a uh, little bit of a skid. They've lost three in a row. Um, they uh, they kind of looked like they were shaking things off and really making a run to uh, to be a uh, probably a single digit seed in the NCAA tournament. Beat Kentucky in a tough game. Beat Alabama um, in probably one of the better games of the year in the SEC. But then they lose to Ole Miss, lose to Arkansas in overtime, and then they lose to Georgia. So losers of three straight, they're going to be pretty hungry. Uh, what, what do you uh, anticipate going on the road at Mizzou yeah. Arena? Yeah, I think that, you know, when those first um, initial, you know, top four seeds came out, um, you know, from the NCAA selection committee, they had Missouri as a four seed. I mean, they were looking at them as a legit, you know, top 15 squad um, at that point. Um, in terms of seeding, uh, you know, that was prior to, you know, losses at Arkansas or losses to Arkansas and at Georgia. Um, so it's certainly taken a hit for sure. Um, you know, they're going to play South Carolina on Saturday. Um, I would assume they're probably going to get a win um, right now. Let's just say that they let's just say that they're going to get a win against South Carolina. That could give them a lot of confidence going into, uh, you know, a home game with Ole Miss, a team that you know, really dominated them, um, you know, on the road. Uh, I think they're going to be incredibly motivated. Uh, that's going to be a really tough game for Ole Miss to win right now. If you look at uh, kind of what the probabilities are, you know, for that specific game right now, that's the game that Ole Miss has the, the least chance of um, winning of the four remaining games. But Missouri only has a 55.3% uh, chance of winning it, according to that basketball power index that, that ESPN touts so much. So, you know, not not an impossible feat by any means. I would just say that, um, you know, while Missouri has been trending in the wrong direction, you know, for about a week and a half, I think winning on the road at South Carolina, if they do that, then things could, uh, things could get kind of rough um, on the Rebels, in my opinion. As we hit the home stretch, going to Vandy, um, in a normal year, uh, regardless of how good they are, uh, Memorial Gym is is a tough place to play. Very different, as uh, we all have become accustomed to. Uh, not a lot of fans at the games. Um, Memorial Gym will definitely look a little different, but uh, Vandy is still going to be a tough out. Uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. scoring the basketball is about as good as anybody in the conference, averaging over 20 points a game, shooting better than 40% from the field. Um, he's going to be leading... Jerry Stackhouse's team uh, trying to, you know, play spoiler here. I think this matchup is good for Ole Miss. Uh, I, it, Vandy's got some uh, some decent size in, on the inside, but I think that with the guard play that Ole Miss has had as of late and then with Romello White and the emergence of Robert Allen and, and K.J. Buffin and Sammy Hunter, and you mentioned Hadeem C. is starting to get back into the swing of things after battling some injuries and some illnesses, but how do you see things shaking out in Nashville? Yeah, this is the game that probably, you know, it's it's one of those ones that it just scares you as an Ole Miss fan um, because you could totally see, okay, let's say for some reason they, they do pull off that win um, with State and they somehow pull off a win against Missouri. Uh, everybody's going to assume that we're going to lose to Vanderbilt at that point because uh, that's just sort of how our fan base is. Like they, they seem to assume the worst after big wins. Um, but, you know, I think that um, – 
you know, Vandy is a really can be a really dangerous team at times. They've played they've played some teams really well. Um, you know, during the year they they have you know a decent a decent squad. They uh, they lost by three to Kentucky. Um, you know, that's just one small example I know. Uh, and when they had Kentucky on their home court, uh, they lost by four. So I mean, again, I know that we're not saying that Kentucky's just this phenomenal team this year, but you know, Vandy's not an also ran kind of team either. Um, they've been able to you know kind of cobble it together a little bit. Um, and they're they're hanging in there, and they're always just they're always just tough, man. I don't I don't know what it is about Vanderbilt. We always seem to struggle with them um, from a basketball standpoint. Like they're just a they're just a tough team. They are, you know, they're having a rough year. Um, they're not nearly as bad as they were last year, um, but they are. I mean, they're last in the conference. That sort of thing. Everybody sh- should expect that to be a win, and it absolutely has to be a win. Um, if we're going to stay in an NCAA conversation. The one thing that bodes well in Ole Miss's favor, I think, is that the two games before uh, Vanderbilt plays Ole Miss, they have to go at Alabama, uh, who's a top-10 team, and then they have Tennessee at home, uh, which is another top-25 squad, obviously, there. So, you know, they could be just absolutely demoralized those next two games, being last in the conference. Then you got Ole Miss coming in here, and, you know, Ole Miss is a hotter team. Um, you know, that could, that could definitely play – uh, a few tricks on them, I guess, like psychologically, but I wouldn't bank on that uh, by any means. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game, but you should have Ole Miss coming out on top in that game. Rounding out the regular season at home against Kentucky, we've already talked about how the Wildcats are not the same Wildcats that we're accustomed to seeing as we head into the home stretch for March. But look, I mean, we already mentioned it. They're not going to go quietly. Brandon Boston is a hell of a player. Isaiah Jackson and uh, Devin Askew, uh, the roster is loaded with four and five stars. John Calipari is a hell of a basketball coach. They're going to be ready. It's not just going to be a pushover game. And, and look, this is a team that I think, a lot like LSU, can uh, match up well with Ole Miss and, and kind of give them fits, especially if they get out in transition. Yeah, for sure. And you have to, you have to realize when you're, when you're talking about Kentucky, they have had um, a lot of a lot of close games. Beat Mississippi State by five. Beat Vanderbilt by three. Um, you know, lost to Auburn by seven. Lost to Georgia by one. Um, you know, lost to Missouri by five. Uh, lost to Arkansas by one. Beat Auburn by two. Beat Vanderbilt by four. So they they are definitely a tested squad from that standpoint. If they're in a close game, they're not going to blink. Um, they're 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 ready for those situations. I think they're sitting at six and seven in the conference right now. They played a very difficult non-conference schedule: uh, Louisville, UNC, Notre Dame, uh, Kansas. Richmond is actually a really good, a really good team this year. That's that's uh, pulled together some uh, a pretty good season. Um, they played at Georgia Tech. So, I mean, they're they're loading up, they load up their schedule with some some Power Five teams. Um, you know, probably a bad year to do that. Cal Parties, you know, said. You know, that was a mistake on his part to, to schedule these things, uh, to schedule these games so difficult uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is now. Um, they have to deal with it. Uh, they have a very talented team. They've lost some guys to injuries. So, you know, that's certainly not a uh, certainly not ideal for them um, to have to, to have to deal with that as well. It's going to be Ole Miss's senior night, Devontae Shuler's last game in the pavilion. Like that's a huge that's a huge opportunity for him to kind of like cement his legacy at Ole Miss.
Yeah, absolutely. It sucks that there's not going to be a full capacity crowd because, look, it, even though this Kentucky team is not ranked and is not, you know, barreling down on a regular season SEC title, I would imagine the pavilion would still be rocking, especially if they were able to win two out of three heading into that finale. It would be a, it would be a packed house and, you know, rightfully so for, for Schuler's last game, like you said, because um, hell of a player, um, thousand point score in his career. Uh, I believe he's ranked pretty high, and I think steals career-wise. Um, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that he can't get that regular senior night, but at this point, I don't think I don't think Devontae Shuler really cares. I think he just wants to win and uh, try to make a run to the NCAA tournament. So we're shooting for 3-1. and one. I think that that's fair. I think that that's gettable. Uh, I think you hit it on the nose there. Um, win three out of your last four, and then uh, see what happens in Nashville. And then, uh, you know, hey, push all the chips in the middle and and see what the committee says. So, um, again, I was a doubter. I will admit that. But uh, you are you're a big man. You were uh, you were on like a you're fixing to buy firekermitdavis.com um, and, and buy the domain rights to that. Uh, it was it was pretty scary. I'm not going to lie. Um, but you, you really have to look at this is so, you know, so important as we're going down the stretch. One, we got a game with Missouri. Missouri's ranked just behind Ole Miss in the standings right now. Florida and Ole Miss are kind of right there, you know, tied. The top four teams are pretty, you know, pretty clear. Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, and Tennessee. Um, so those four are probably going to stay there. <clears throat> it's very unlikely you're going to see any change there. But that next group, Ole Miss, Missouri, uh, Kentucky, and maybe Georgia, I don't know. I'm not going to count Georgia just yet, but Ole Miss, Missouri, and Kentucky for sure. They're going to be jockeying for that last uh, bye in the SEC basketball tournament. Auburn's not playing in it this year, so you only have 13 teams that are going uh, to Nashville, to the Bridgestone Arena. Um, and you you really have an opportunity if you're Ole Miss to, to, get, that, to get that fifth bye. Okay, you get, a, you get a day off. You're going to have to play a team that's already played a game, um, so it's a little bit of an advantage. But then you're also going to put yourself, uh, you know, you're going to put yourself in a place where you can get a get an SEC tournament win, show the committee that you can win there, um, and you're you're probably in the NCAA tournament, which is which is everybody's goal. It's Devontae Shuler's goal. It's Kermit Davis's goal. Um, more so for Shuler because the tournament runs when you there's so many eyes on the tournament runs that like you can you can potentially make yourself an NBA draft pick if you play well in the NCAA basketball tournament. As crazy as that sounds, um, the next the next six weeks of basketball could take Devontae Shuler from a guy that's probably in the G League next year or playing overseas to being being somebody that gets drafted. If Ole Miss can make a run with him as the point guard and him making big plays, you know, in really, really big games. Um, you know, one guy I think of an example of that, like Dante DiVincenzo, uh, nobody knew that. I mean, I'm not gonna say nobody. He was not on a, he was not on the draft hierarchy, um, you know, coming, coming, uh, coming into the NCAA tournament, but they made an incredible run that year and he ended up getting drafted. Now he's like a regular fixture in the NBA. Um, you know, he's a role player in the NBA. It's fine, but that's, that's kind of where, you know, I see, things going potentially with Shuler is if he can make, if he can get Ole Miss into some kind of deep run uh, in March, it's going to make all the difference for his, you know, potential career options. Um, Cause right now I think there's some, play, there's some people that know him, but the only reason they know him is because, well, he used to play with John Morant and yeah. Zion Williamson. 
I was going to say, you know, worst case, we, we, we get more Ja and, and Zion tweets about Shuler going off on people. Um, so that's always good to see. Um, all right, one man, appreciate the time. Uh, looking forward to Saturday, 5 o'clock Central Time, SEC Network. Mississippi State comes to the pavilion. Almost going for win number 13, win number 8 in the conference. Huge step forward to uh, getting off that bubble if they can get it done. So uh, thanks again to one man for uh, for joining us. Thanks again to uh, Davis McCord State Farm for being the title sponsor of the show. Thanks to all our other lovely sponsors. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Hope everyone is staying safe, staying warm out there if you're uh, dealing with the snow and ice. Uh, and if you're not, uh, man, good for you. Um, but until next time, um, this has been Podcast Rebellion for one man over there. I'm Zach. Thanks for listening.